0: Hey, if you have your Bibles, I want to encourage you to grab your Bibles, turn to uh, Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3, we're going to be in verse 14 through 21, and uh, we're starting a new sermon series. I want you to know this all is going to go hand in hand. As a matter of fact, next week you're going to be receiving a 21-day 20, a guide to prayer and fasting. All right. Now, I know some of you are going to be like, oh my gosh, what are you talking about? But we have it specifically set up where every day you're going to have something specific to be praying for, uh, as well as numerous days throughout each week for a 21-day period. uh, We're going to ask you to fast from things. Sometimes it might be food. Sometimes it's going to be negativity, which in today's world is almost impossible to fast from negativity, it seems like. All right? But uh, we're going to ask you to... to, uh, to fast from social media. We're going to ask you to fast from TV and things like that during that time so you can spend some time in focused prayer and things like that. And so next week, you will receive those as you show up. If you join us online, you can go online. We're going to have it uploaded on our website. You'll be able to go go online. You'll be able to download the PDF so you can follow along. And we want to encourage you with this because I believe wholeheartedly, if you look at the, the subtitle of this sermon series, the idea is this, that we want to unlock God's power in our lives. Now, you and I know that 2020 has dealt a blow to most people's lives, including the church, that we would sit back and go, I don't know that some are going to be able to recover from this. And here's the only thing that I can stand by and say in an encouraging way to let you know that God knew that this was going to happen, number one. Number two, God was ready, he was not surprised, all right, and that in this, I believe it requires us to rely upon him more and more to unleash or unlock God's power in our lives. And so the reality is this. I believe the reason most people struggled or most Christians have struggled if, as they've walked through this situation and circumstance is this, that we've become very used to or we've become very comfortable with living in our own power. We've become very easily persuaded to live within our own power. In other words, we don't rely upon God. We don't ask God for help. A matter of fact, I want to ask you this question this morning. What is it that comes to mind when I mention the word prayer? What is it that comes to mind when I mention the word prayer? For some of you, you're going to say it's a habit, it's a ritual, it's a priority, while others of you are sometimes thinking this. Well, I do it because I'm expected to, or I do it when I need something, or I do it when I'm at my wits end and I have no clue what else to do. I mean, would that, would that, I would say that would probably roughly describe most everybody here. For some, it would be a habit, it would be a pattern, it would be a ritual that you do all the time, and for others, it's more I do it when I need it. And here's what I want us to understand. I believe, I believe wholeheartedly, and I believe absolutely that we need the power of prayer in our life. As a matter of fact, how many of you would say, I believe in the power of prayer, yet I know I don't pray as much as I should? Anybody want to admit that? Yeah. I would venture to say that's most of us. And so I believe here in this reality. As we leave 2020, which delivered a right hook, maybe to a a certain extent uh, uh, an uppercut that left some staggering and falling backwards, as we're leaving 2020 and heading into 2021, I know wholeheartedly that no greater need, there is no greater need within the church than for us to experience and unlock God's power in our lives, in our church In our homes, in our families, in our workplaces, and everywhere else, there is no greater need. There is no more important issue to dive into to learn about or to practice than prayer. Over the next five weeks, we're going to be looking at that. We're going to look at and keep learning from the prayers in the Bible. So Ephesians chapter 3. Starting at verse 14, you just saw an entry or an intro video about it, but he says this. This is Paul talking to the church at Ephesus and says this. For this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. Listen to what he says in verse 16. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with what? Power. Through his spirit in your inner being. Now, we just left prior to our Christmas sermon series, we talked about being emotionally and spiritually healthy, right? Listen to what he's saying. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and that prayer or and and I pray that you being rooted and established in love. So here's what he's laying out. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with what? Again? Power, all right? Through his spirit in your inner being. Now, again, we just left this sermon series, this emotionally healthy idea, and the problem or the struggle that I believe, the reason why we long or lean into this emotional unhealth, this spiritual unhealthy times in our lives, is usually we're not seeking God in prayer, and as a result, we're not experiencing His glorious riches that He would give us through His, what, power. Verse 20, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, listen again to this, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray and we'll get started with this. Father, we thank you for the simple act of prayer. It's a communication that we can have with you. That through prayer, you change our hearts. Through prayer, you make your power evident. Through prayer, you use your power to call us, to encourage us, to equip us, to, to equip us for every good deed. And so, Lord, we pray today that you would speak to us through your word. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. So. We said this, over the next five weeks, we're going to be looking at prayer, or looking at, at, at different prayers in the Bible that we can learn from. And the idea of this sermon series, again, is to unlock God's power in my life, for you to unlock God's power in your life. And oftentimes, in today's world, today's culture, today's ideologies and things like that, we think that there's something very specific that we have to do in order to unlock God's power. Like if I give enough money to the church, I'll unlock God's power in my life. Or if I lead in a certain way within the church, I'll unlock God's power in my life. That if I do certain things with other people, maybe reaching out to them, providing for their needs, that I'll unlock God's power in my life. And I want you to understand, all of those things are good things. All of those things are things that God called us to do. But I believe the greatest way, the most effective way, the way you unlock God's power in your life, in my life, and in the life of our church is very simply this, prayer. Now, what's funny about that is I throw out prayer, and here's the first thought that most people went to. Oh, great. He's going to talk to me about how I should be spending more time in prayer. Yes. In the American church, our ideologies have become backwards. We pray for things after things happen rather than praying for things before. We don't seek God in prayer and ask for God's power. We try and do things in our own power and then go, God, we you bless the things that we're doing? Matter of fact, there's an old quote by a guy named A.W. Tozer who said that 96% of the things that happen in the church, in the American church today, if the Holy Spirit left, would still go on. There's a problem there a matter of fact, I've heard people say, well, we need to do this. Really? Go back and look at the early church and tell me what the early church was about. They were about sharing the gospel. They were about praying, sharing the gospel, and making disciples. Pray, share the gospel, make disciples. Pray, share the gospel, make disciples. Anybody see a repetition? All throughout Scripture. Pray, go share the gospel, make those who believe disciples. Teach them. Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. So listen, as I jump into this, as we dig into this idea of prayer, I want you to know this. Jesus said this. My house will be called a house of no worship. Evangelism. Discipleship. My house will be called a house of activities and busyness. What's he say? My house will be called a house of prayer. Jesus said that. Point blank. My house, as for my house, it will be called a house of prayer. I believe that we need to practice prayer to get better, to be more spiritually effective in our lives. So when I say that, I know there are some who are going, uh, I don't know what to say. And let me be very clear on this part. Prayer is Conversation. Prayer is silence. In other words, it's my conversation with God, and it's me being silent and allowing God to speak. So here's the big statement. If you remember anything else, I want you to remember this, that prayer is the means by which God is going to implement and extend his power here on earth. Prayer is the means by which God is going to implement and extend his power here on earth. You guys get that part, right? In other words, it's only through prayer that God's power comes out. It's only through prayer that God will extend His power. So prayer is the means by which God is going to implement and extend His power here on earth. So if we say that, we must actively participate in praying for God's power, God's will, and God's kingdom. So we have to actively participate in praying for God's power, God's will, and God's Kingdom. So listen as we follow along. God's kingdom will come to earth in a way that he sees fit. As a matter of fact, whether we pray or not, God's kingdom is going to come about. As a matter of fact, there's all throughout Scripture we see consistently where God chose to work in the lives of people who were obedient, and in the lives of those who were disobedient, God does what? He just moves on past them. So God is going to work in and through us, but he's going to work and develop and build his kingdom, and the simple fact or the simple question has to be this. Do you want to be involved in it? Do I want to be involved in it? Does our church want to be involved in it? And if that's the case, then the foundation of all of those things and bringing about God's kingdom is what? Prayer. So if we aren't involved, God will find someone else to be involved because God will never find his purposes thwarted. They're not going to be stopped. They're not going to be overcome because of the unbelief and the faithlessness of some men. So hear me out when I say this. We have to be active participants. And prayer is active participation. A lot of people think prayer is passive. Like prayer is just me sitting on the sidelines. Anybody, You guys love football, obviously. I mean, we got Chiefs fans, right? You love football. We make everything about what? Game day. Right? Game day's payoff day. But let me ask you what happens prior to game day. Strategy meetings, film sessions, coaches meetings, quarterback meetings, running back meetings, offensive line meetings. They work out strategies. They work out blocking schemes. They call the plays. Matter of fact, you'll go home and watch the thing and they'll say, hey, they were working on these types of plays. You ever notice how when a backup quarterback comes in and fills in, they say, hey, they put in the plays that he was most what? Comfortable with. The game this idea of the game is the big payoff. That's what we get to see. But what goes into everything else? The preparation. And prayer is preparation for the game when God throws you into the fire to a certain extent, when you're wanting to share the gospel with a friend, when you're sharing the, and inviting others to be a part of the church. When, and, and to do that, all of that comes as a result of prayer. Why? Because prayer is preparation. But what does God do? God, what, what God does is he invites us, he invites you and me to be a part of what he is doing and to enter into it and to affect the change that his kingdom wants to, be, to bring about through prayer. So listen, I want to give you three types of prayers. If you want to write these down, you can. Three types of prayers that I believe most of us deal with. Number one, there's a casual prayer. Your casual prayer might be your breakfast prayer, your lunch or dinner prayer. It might be your going to bed prayer. It might be a quick prayer you pray before something is going on. These are usually casual prayers. Casual prayer. There's nothing wrong. And please hear me out on this. This is not to say if you're only a casual prayer, you're not missing it. But I, my, here's my goal. That each one of us identify and take one step forward into what God is calling you to do to be a person of prayer. One step forward. So there's casual. In other words, this idea of giving thanks. And there's nothing wrong with praying this way as long as you're doing it with a sincere heart. So we pray casual prayers all the time. Lord, would you bless us? Lord, thank you for the food or thank you for the gifts. Thank you for your protection. Those are casual prayers. Then there are committed prayers. These are more focused prayers, prayers with a burden. And I'm going to use this as an example. You might have a prayer list and you're praying for somebody. It could be cancer or things like that. I'm asking you to put me on the committed prayer list. And here's why. My son got his learner's permit this weekend or this week. And I could tell you more than anything, we need your prayers. He probably needs your prayers, all right? You know, this is committed prayer. You have a person who has a cancer diagnosis. You're committed to praying for them. You have a family member who's in need and lost a job. You commit to praying for them. Those are committed prayers, and there is, again, nothing wrong with those. It's the things and the people we're praying for that we commit to pray for every day. Are you praying for lost people? Are there three people that you can identify and say, I want to pray for them, that I could have the chance to share the gospel with them? That's committed praying. And then number three, that the third type of prayer is what we'll call combat praying. And I would venture to say that combat praying is the types of praying that most Christians don't do or very rarely do, and when we do, we do them in a very casual way. Combat praying is praying against Satan. It's praying against his strongholds. It's praying that God would use you and our church to attempt to take back what is enemy-held territory and bringing it under God's authority. Combat praying is some of the most intense Praying you will ever do. As a matter of fact, if you were a person who went overseas into a dark area, what we just watched that video about with the IMB, you would understand combat praying in a greater sense and understanding because the forces of evil are at work all around us, all around the globe. And I want you to understand that I believe wholeheartedly the forces of evil are at work around us here as well. And we have to understand that if we're going to take part in taking back enemy held territory, that combat praying is some of the most important and vital praying that we have to be taking part in. Now, here's the problem with that. Combat praying is intense. If I talk about committed prayers, it's like, oh yeah, I'm committed. But then we start talking about Preparing for combat. Any soldier who prepares for combat goes into strict training. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 that he makes his body a slave. In other words, he beats it into submission. And the idea of combat praying is this that we begin to submit to the authority of God. We realize that there are powers and authorities that we have no chance to challenge. Or to take back their territory without the power of God working in us. And so here is what I want you to understand. Colossians chapter 4 verse 12. Paul says this about Epaphras. He says, Epaphras, who is one of you and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends greetings. But listen to what he says. He is what? He is wrestling in prayer for you. That you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. Combat praying is wrestling in prayer. It is uncomfortable. It is the prayers that will wake you up at night to pray over somebody. It is the necessity for every believer to be taking part in all three types of prayer that we talk about. Casual, committed, and combative prayers. All of those things are needed. And so here's what I wanted to do today. Here is my prayer. Based upon what Paul says here to the church at Ephesus, here's my prayer. And I'm giving you three things that are my prayer for for us as a church, my prayer for myself, and for you, and for our church body for this year. This is my prayer. Number one, my prayer. And I want you to say this. I pray. Say it. I pray. All right? I pray that he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Listen to what Paul says again, verse 14. For this reason, Paul says, I kneel before the Father. In other words, I am taking part in combative prayer from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives it in its name, that we are sons and daughters. His whole family derives its name. We are sons and daughters of God. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. And listen to what he says in verse 16. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Here is my prayer for us this year, that he will strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Because listen to me, here's, here's where the rubber meets the road. Here's the struggle. And I believe that I think, I, I believe we are seeing it more so today than ever. COVID has wreaked havoc, yes, but we approach COVID like God is not on the throne. I'm just going to throw this out there. We listen to Fox News or CNN or anybody else you want to listen to. We identify what they're saying as truth and gospel when the reality is that God wants to strengthen you through or with his power, through his spirit in your inner being so that you don't freak out and lose your ever-lover mind, ever-loving mind over everything that's going on. So Paul lays this out to the church at Ephesus, and here's the beauty about the church, or this this section of Scripture. And I've preached on this before, and I want to encourage you with this. If you know anything about Ephesians chapter 3, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10, number one is my favorite verse in all of Scripture, that God's intent, his intent, was now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God would be made known to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly realms. So there's what he's saying. God's plan was the church, that he's going to make the wisdom, which is Christ on the cross, known to all the rulers and all the authorities in the heavenly realms. So he's laying this out. Here's the role. Here's the call for the church. Now, as a result, because of that call, he says, for this reason, I kneel before the Father. Why? Because we're going to be taking part in combative prayer. We're going to be trying to take back enemy territory. We're going to be looking for benefits and progress in order to step forward and to take back what has been enemy-claimed or enemy-held territory. So listen, my strength, or I, I pray this, that he may strengthen you, that God will strengthen you, listen, with his power. Let's think of what he says in verse 16. I pray that out of his glorious riches that we receive through Jesus' death on the cross, that he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Philippians chapter 4 says this. My God will meet all of your needs according to his glorious riches that are in Christ Jesus. So listen, he, God, will strengthen you with his power through his spirit and power. Listen, power, when we look at that, we get our term dynamite, which we know. It's, it's the Greek word dunamis, which is where we get our term dynamite. And I'm not going to stand up here and tell you like other preachers, it's the dynamite power. That's not what we're talking We're talking about a supernatural, miraculous power that God wants to unleash in you and through you as a result of his spirit because you're praying combative prayers. That he will strengthen you with power. We desperately need the power of God in our lives and in our church. And I just want you to think about this. If that statement from A.W. Tozer is true, I want to ask this question What is it that we're doing that we're not willing to sacrifice? Because if the Spirit left, we would still continue to do it. And listen to what he says so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Prayer is a faith-building exercise. Prayer is the very thing that we need. It's a faith-building exercise that allows us to put into practice what God wants to do. It's a faith-building exercise that allows God to dwell and sit on the throne of my heart. And so my prayer is this, that he will strengthen you with power. So here's what I want you to do. I just had you say, I pray, I pray, and you're going to repeat, I pray that God will strengthen me with power through his spirit in my inner being. Write that down. I pray that God will strengthen me in his power or with his power through his spirit in my inner being. That's my prayer for you, and I'm going to be praying this all year. These three things I'm going to be praying for our church. Number one, that he will strengthen us with his power through his spirit in our inner being. Number two, that we may experience God's power, listen, together Listen to what he says in verse 17, and we're going to run into verse 18. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, what does that mean? It's established in the love that Jesus showed on the cross, you may have the power, you may have power together with all the saints. And that's why he says that. To grasp how wide and how long and how deep and how high is the love of Christ. Listen, when we talk about this, that we may experience God's power together, that we win together, that we lose together, that we celebrate together, that we mourn together, that when somebody comes to Jesus or somebody leads somebody else to Jesus, that that's a victory, not just for that person who led him to Jesus, but for who? The entire kingdom, the church, that the body of Christ is built up that the message of the gospel is carried out, that we as individuals are experiencing God's power together, that we get to celebrate together, that when a baptism takes place, we are celebrating the good news of the gospel and a changed life. And so I I pray, I pray this, I pray that we can experience God's power together. And listen, I, I, I cautiously and hesitantly say this, But I know that in the American church, we have gotten pretty good at what I would say manipulating circumstances and situations at times to get people to do what we want. And what I want you to understand is this, that we're not in the manipulation game. We want to get people to do what God wants. And so, yes, I'll say we're willing to do whatever it takes to see people come to the gospel as long as it's obedience to Jesus whatever it takes, as long as I obey God in what we're called to do. See, together as a church, we can experience not just the depths of God's love for us, but together as a church, we can experience the expanse of God's kingdom and the greatness of his power. Why? Because he says, may have power together with all the saints, To grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. Listen, we just talked about this. I believe the foundation was prayer. From there, the the prayers led to evangelism and discipleship. I mean, sharing the gospel and training people to follow and obey Jesus. That's the good news. That we share the good news of Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection, which offers us life, that we train others to follow Jesus obediently. And listen, when we grasp God's love for all of us, for myself and for others, then I begin to experience God's power in my life. See, God's love, and he says this, surpasses all the knowledge. As matter of fact, we again mention that, this, this idea of the wisdom of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is Christ, it is the wisdom of God. And so listen to what he says again. How high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. I even think about this when we talk about filled to the measure of all the fullness. I I change my oil, I would say religiously. I keep track of all of that stuff and I change my oil. But it's just the same idea that when I pray, I can use the dipstick on the engine of my heart to test and see the fullness of the measure of God's love. That I can see whether I am full of God or if I'm empty that I use the dipstick of prayer to test the fullness of the love and what God wants to do. And you and I know, if you're any sort of mechanical type person, that if your oil gets too low, what's going to happen to your engine? You're going to burn it up. It's going to seize up. It's going to weld together, and it's useless at that point. It's done. You're going to put a new engine in. And listen, when we don't pray, and we're not experiencing God's power, and we're not allowing the Spirit to work in and through us, guess what that dipstick's telling you? You're going to burn up. You're going to burn out. You're going to be exhausted. You're going to give up. When the going gets tough, you're going to quit. Why? Because prayer is an afterthought, not a priority. And number three, here's my prayer. Number one, I said, I'm going to pray that he will strengthen us with his power through his spirit in our inner beings. Number two, I said that I'm going to pray that we experience God's power together. And number three, I'm praying more so for this, that God will do more than we can ask or imagine. You know, we always talk about this and we throw that out there. Oh, God can do more than we ask or imagine. Well, then imagine it. Imagine what it would look like if this church was packed. Imagine what it would look like if this church and the churches of independence began to radically see lives changed in the city. God can do more than we can ask or imagine. And yet we imagine things and then we go, nah, it's not possible. God can build our kids ministry. God can build our youth ministry. God can build our outreach ministry. God can build our missions ministry. God can raise up leaders and call people out of this church to become missionaries overseas. God can raise up and call people out to become pastors and leaders who are going to be bivocational pastors and leaders. God's going to call people up to say, hey, you need to go back to work and you need to stay doing the job you're doing, but you need to share the gospel with the people you're working in day in and day out. God can provide all of our financial needs. God can do all And more than what we can ask or imagine. Imagine that. In the words of some of those old time things, put that in your pipe and smoke it. God will do more than we can ask or imagine. And my question then for you is this what are you asking for? What are you imagining God doing in your life, in the church, in your family, at your work, in your home situation, in your finances, in every way, shape, or form? Am I praying big prayers that show God's glory, or do I pray small prayers that I can take care of on myself? I believe he works through his power and he works in us. And the same spirit, listen, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, from death to life, is the same spirit that's at work in you. It's the same spirit that he talks about here, that he may strengthen you with power through his spirit, the spirit that raised Jesus from the grave. And, I mean, good night. Do you understand do we understand that? Do we understand God's goodness and God's grace, God's power in everything? And I listen, I am praying Ephesians 3. This is going to be my prayer. I'm praying it for myself. I'm praying it for my family. I'm praying for it for those I love. I'm praying for the power of God in the church. I'm praying for the power of God in the lives and the families of our church. I'm praying for the hope that is only offered in Jesus Christ. I'm praying that God will change our hearts and give us a passion, not just for him, but for others. So that we can understand how high and deep and wide is the love of Jesus Christ. How many of you will do that with me? How many of you are willing to pray and say, God, you've got to radically change me? How many of you are willing to say, that's me, I'm in. I'm on, I'm on it, I'm in. I'm, I'm ready to go. Because please hear me out on this. And I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not, this is not a threat. Please hear that, that part. I believe a line has been drawn in the sand to a certain extent, and it's time to choose. As for me and my house will serve the Lord, it's time to choose. Do I serve American government? Do I serve political leaders? Do I continue to run headlong into selfish ways? Am I looking for answers to life through various things, whether it's money or media or anything else? Or do I look for the answers to life and the difficulties and struggles through the power of prayer and what God wants to do in my life? And listen to me, I'm not the one that I believe is drawing the line in the sand. I believe God's finally looking for people and saying, look, where are the faithful people? Where are the people who will not cower in fear? Where are the people who are willing to take a step of faith? Because every time Jesus went out and saw a leper, he took a step of faith. God will do more than we can ask or imagine. Let's pray. And as your heads are bowed, I just want to ask this question. How many of you right now would just say there is something big and specific that you want to believe God for? That you would say, God, help me ask or imagine because we know that you have greater things in store. Would you just lift up your hands right now and say, I know that there's something bigger. There is something very specific that you want me to believe God for. And I want to ask you to do this. That over the next seven days, it's one week, That you would seek God's power. That you would pray over the next seven days as we seek the power that God wants to unleash in our lives, and that you would release, listen, the spiritual blessings. God, that you would release the spiritual blessings you have stored up for us. God, would you build our faith? build the faith of this community, the faith of this body of believers, that we would experience the power of the resurrected Christ dwelling within us, that we would experience the power of your spirit, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the grave is the same spirit that you have living in us is the same spirit that wants to give us the power to be effective. And let me just say this, I believe that there is one prayer that you may be a person who's never put your faith in Jesus. You've never prayed a prayer of, re- prayer of repentance or surrender. In a way from changing the course of your life. And listen, if you don't pray that prayer of repentance and surrender, the course of your life will never change. And maybe you're a person who's joined us online and you say, I've never prayed that prayer. I've never surrendered. I've never repented. Maybe it's somebody here today that you would say, I want to change the course of my life. And the only way you can do that, listen, is the only way you can change the course of your life is praying that prayer of repentance and surrender, that you would repent of the sins that you've committed and that you would surrender your life to Jesus knowing that he paid the price for the sins that you could not pay yourself. And if you said yes to that, I want to pray that prayer. Yes, I need the forgiveness of Jesus. Yes, I need the grace of God. Here's what we want you to do. If you're online, you can contact us. You can go to threetrails.com. You can hit the email and let us know. If you're here in person, we just want to talk to you afterwards to encourage you, to pray for you. But Lord, we pray. Wherever we're at in there, maybe we're praying small prayers. We're not asking for your power. We're kind of just trying to slide by. God, may we not just take part in casual and committed prayers, but may we be people who pray prayers that, that take back enemy territory, prayers of combat, prayers of battle and fight. We know that the battle belongs to the Lord and that the enemy has no power over him. And so, Lord, may our prayers be powerful and effective because we are basing our prayers on the power that is work in us. May they be effective because the Spirit as is at work in us and through us. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Here's what we're going to do as you're dismissed. We got our, our, our uh, offering plates are out there. If you want to give, you can give online. You can join us in that. Here's what I want to do. As the band plays, I'm going to ask you to sit where you're at. It may be to gather in groups of two or three, maybe to gather as a family. And as you feel led, once you're done praying, we're just going to ask you to be dismissed. The band's just going to play softly. There's not going to be any words, just music is played. When you're done praying, you're dismissed. But I'm asking you to commit to this. For the next seven days, would you pray this prayer, Ephesians chapter 3? If you have to, go back and watch this online make notes, take notes. You can go to version now. You can look up the Church of Three Trails. The notes are loaded up on the U version app. You can follow us. You can add us as a friend, the Church of Three Trails, on that, and you can get all the notes on there. But would you pray? Just spend a moment in prayer as they close with this. God, have your way. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.